Welcome to the Creativity Reflections podcast, a podcast all about your creative expression. I'm your host, Hannah Fitzgibbon, creativity coach, and I'm here to help unblock your creativity. We're doing something a little bit different today, but oh my goodness, it's so good. You're going to love this. Instead of a usual fly on the wall sort of coaching session, I've brought in my friend Jeff, who runs an organization called Rediscover Your Play, to talk to me about the intersection between creativity and play. Our conversation covers so much. Some key lessons are dealing with your inner critic, the creative process, some key struggles around consuming too much. So much good advice from both sides of this conversation. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this experiment. Leave a review or drop a comment so that I know how you found this conversation. Without further ado, Jeff Harry in the house. Welcome. What's up? Super excited. Now, I know what your thing is, but I would love you to tell those listening What's your thing? What's your medium? What's your calling? What's your creative thing? Sure. I have created an organization called Rediscover Your Play, where we combine positive psychology and play to help teams and individuals tackle their biggest issues that they're currently struggling with. Yes. I love this. And so the Creative parts. I'm always telling people creativity is something new and useful. And so you bring the combination of positive psychology and play to create this Mm -hmm. really unique lens. And it's useful because it helps people. Right. Yeah. And also, I mean, we have to like, look at what does it actually mean to be creative? How do you uniquely see the world? Because that's what I define when I think of someone being creative. The business mentor, Stephen Worley would say, you, you know, I want to be paid to be me. Well, that's what I want. I want to be paid to be me. So how do I be more of me and get paid to do it? I figure out my way of seeing the world. I figure out my way of marketing, my way of writing, my way of creating videos. That's all coming from like an internal creative place that captures my own voice. Yes, yes. I was just going to say, this is like your way of saying this is your creative voice. And I love this because so many people hear creativity and they think painting yes, or music or writing. And you are not a painter or a musician, at least not not within your your organization, but you're still totally creative. Creativity is everything that you um, can figure out by tapping more into you. Mm -hmm. Which you get by playing, right? Because we don't know who we are if we don't experiment and play. So tell me more about your process in creating this environment where people can figure that out. So I like to start by talking about why adults don't play anymore, right? And the main reason adults don't play anymore is um, it's 148,000 no's. And what I mean by that is by the time you're 18 years of age, you will have heard the word no, at least 148,000 times, if not more. A study recently found this out, right? And if we're, and in the regards to yes, you probably have heard the, the, the word yes maybe eight to 10,000 times. So 
take that in consideration, right? Then you think of all the shooting that you've gotten throughout your entire childhood from your parents, from teachers, from other adults that were like, this is what you should do when you grow up, right? Like, ugh, you know, then you go to school where you're told to ask permission all the time. You're told to raise your hand all the time. Uh, and then you get to your teenage years where you're bombarded with so much social media and they say that that people are inundated with more information in a day than people received in an entire year back in 1950. So like we're getting inundated with all this information and a majority of the information is telling you you're not enough unless you buy this product or unless you make this video or whatever it is, unless you do something, but you're not enough by yourself. And then on top of all of that, you're told you're being too mischievous, you're being too much, you're being, you know, when you're trying to be creative, you're just being too much. Oh, why are you being so much, Hannah? You know, Um, so no wonder uh, we aren't able to create, right? It's such a rebellious, revolutionary act to be a creative when you've been inundated with all this stuff that's telling you not to, to, to um, embrace normalcy, to embrace the status quo, to not rock the boat, to not show how weird and strange and nerdy you are. So we have to give ourselves a certain level of self-compassion and empathy when we're like, well, why, how come I haven't created in a while? How come I haven't drawn or wrote something or made something from like my heart in a long time? It's because everybody's telling you not to, all right? So having said all that, all right, that's where we're at, right? So how do we get there? So one of the uh, suggestions my play mentor, Gwen Gordon, says a lot is you can't play until you soothe yourself, until you like calm yourself down. Um, and if you think about it, the person that soothed you the most, nurtured you the most, that's where you learn how to calm yourself from them. So if they didn't know how to soothe themselves really well, then you might be taking that on. So you have to identify, okay, what calms me? Is it, do I have great ideas when I'm taking a shower, when I walk, like whatever, when I meditate, like what is the place where I'm able to calm myself down, right? And then once you identify that, then my challenge to you, which is really weird for a play person to talk about, but then you got to get bored. And why do you have to get bored? Because when you were a kid, your best ideas came when you were bored. Also your most dangerous ideas, but also your best ideas. So you get really bored, which means you're shutting off Netflix. You are not, you are not looking at social media. And I'm not talking about forever. I'm talking about for like an hour, right? <laughs> a couple hours. And then you get really quiet when you get bored. And then you start listening to that inner whisper, right? That inner curiosity, that inner child that, that is going to whisper something to you like, create that podcast, you know, write that blog, email that person, make that video, whatever that thing, draw something. Like, it's just going to say something to you. And you're going to be like, oh, that's so silly. I'm not going to do that. But then you just be like, well, let, let me try it. Let me just be curious about it. Let me just listen to this inner whisper and see where it takes me. And I guarantee you, when you follow that, it'll take you to a really interesting, fascinating place. And then you'll start to realize you've always had your creative muscle. You just haven't been playing enough to figure it out. Yes. There is so much there. Oh, my gosh. Do you have a name for your inner whisper? 
Ooh, that's a good question. Uche? Uche was my <laughs> orangutan. I have my inner critic, which is another thing we can talk about at the moment because that gets in the way of your creativity. Like my inner critic is named Gargamel, and um, my inner whisper or my inner child is Uche. My nice. I often tell people when I do um, a similar inner critic exercise as you do, and then we do this round table. Um, I remember Napoleon Hill, he said um, in Think and Grow Rich that he had this round table and he would imagine Andrew Carnegie and Abraham Lincoln and people he inspired who often weren't even alive anymore sitting at his round table advising him. And I tell people, you know, your inner critic is one voice, but we need to level it out with many other positive, strong voices like your um, creativity or maybe your best friend or maybe your 90-year-old self or your nana or um, Gwen Gordon or Brene Brown or whoever you respect that you want at your right. table. And um, I feel like Unguche is totally at your table. Yeah, Uche, yeah. Uche, I mean, yes. I remember John Kabat-Zinn mentioned that what Native, a lot of Native American tribes would do when they were deciding a big decision for the entire tribe, they would think, what would our ancestors tell us from 10,000 years ago? And also what would our, it wasn't our ancestors, but what would our future ancestors tell us from 10,000 years in the future? And it was just fascinating to like think about it far beyond, you know, and then just listening to these other voices and be like, wow, how do I want to show up? I'm only going to be on this planet, if I'm lucky for 80 to 100 years, what do I want to create? What would my ancestors potentially tell me what to do? How do they look at me right now? How are they looking down upon me? They're probably just happy that I'm alive. So they're probably being like, let's just have fun, man. Don't take yourself so seriously. Yeah. Yeah. What's that thing with all the buttons in front of you? Right. I mean, <laughs> what's, yeah, exactly. What's interesting, <laughs> you know, also is, is you have to reflect on, on, you know, some of the regrets of the dying, right? Like I've been talking about this more and more, you know, and one of the biggest regrets of the dying is, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me, Mm. right? And then the other one is, I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. Those are two of the top regrets of the dying. Those all tie in with creativity. They all tie in with like, can I express me? Mm-hmm. You know? And if you mm-hmm. learn from your learn from the elders, you know, they are warning you, like, be you, you know, because then you won't have regrets at the end of your life. Mm-hmm. And I love this this sort of step-by-step process you've given for people who maybe don't know who they are to discover what they are. What role has boredom played for you? in your creative process? That's a great question. So, you know, when I'm in the shower, I have so many crazy ideas. And what happens is when I have a good day, I start my day by making a ridiculous TikTok video. It makes no sense. It has no ROI. It's not going to bring me any money, but it's for me. It's, it, I, I find it fun. It's creative. It's really nerdy. A lot of times it's really stupid what I make, but I like it. And it's really, it's just enjoyable. I feel like I'm in my flow state. I'm in my play. And then as soon as I make it to start my day, I, my day now is framed through a play lens. And then I see everything else is play. 
you know, so I'm like, oh, I'm hopping on this podcast. Oh, that's playful. Oh, I'm making this vid- this other video that, you know, that someone's paying me for. That's playful. Oh, I'm creating this workshop. That's playful. Oh, I'm meeting with somebody. Oh, that's playful. And and my friend Desiree taught me this uh, great question to ask um, whenever something really great happens, especially at the beginning of your day. Ask with a certain level of curiosity, um, how can it get any better than this? Not with longing, like it needs to get better, but like, how can it get any better than this? This is so cool. How can it get any better than this? Right? So like I made a TikTok this morning. Ooh, how can it get any better than this? Ooh, then I, you know, saw my girlfriend. Ooh, how can it get any better than this? Ooh, then I just hopped on this interesting podcast and help someone brainstorm their name for their new podcast. Ooh, how can it get any better than this? Now I'm talking to Hannah in New Zealand on her podcast. Ooh, how can it get any better than this? Like, like, and it just builds from there. Ooh, after this, I'm going to celebrate the fact that Biden won the election here. Hello. Thank you, U.S. (laughs) Um, How can it get any better than this? Like, but when you're stacking these, you're positively priming your Mm. day start to look at all of the patterns because that's what your brain is doing. Your brain is constantly looking for patterns. So whatever patterns you choose to look for, those are the ones that are going to determine your day, right? Now, the flip side of that is when someone says, I've had a bad day, I challenge them because I'm like, I don't think you had a bad day. Many thoughts last between nine seconds and 90 seconds. So what you had was a bad moment, but then you ruminated on that bad moment a hundred times. And then it primed you to look for the next bad moment and the next bad moment. So all we need to ask ourselves is, you know, what comes after I am during the day? You know, how do I want to show up today? And really look for the stuff that will bring the creativity that you have within you and pull it out. Mm. Oh my God, this is so good. This is reminding me of Jim Quick talks about um, dominant questions, you know, and he says, his podcast, let's go. Pardon what? I'm going to apply to his podcast. Oh, awesome. Yes. He's amazing. So he has this thing about dominant questions and he, like most of us, we have a dominant question that we're asking all the time and we're not aware of what it is. And it might be, what will people think of me? Or it might be, how can I not upset anyone? Or it might be, am I doing it right? You know, and these are questions that lead us to perfectionism, to making, to avoiding challenges that might make mistakes, to avoiding um, advocating for ourselves or trying something else because we're so fixated on what might happen and what other people think or whatever. And he said, one time he was at a film set and he was helping some people with their memory um, memorizing their lines and stuff. And a lot of it was shot at night. And so they were sitting around three in the morning on the side of this set, waiting for their next thing that they've got to do. And Will Smith was there. And Will Smith's dominant question is, how can I make this moment a little more magical? And he's asking this all the time. How can I make this moment a little more magical? So while everyone else was sitting around going, oh, you know, what will people think of me? Or Am I doing it right? What's what's my next thing? Will Smith was taking hot chocolates and blankets around to people at three in the morning to make oh, this moment a little magical. You know, I love that question. That is so <laughs> powerful. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna quote Jim Quick when I email him about that. Oh, that's yes. awesome. How can um, I make this moment 
any more magical. Oh, it's so good. It's a, it's a variation on your how can it get any better than this, right? And when you have yeah. this dominant question, your response to your friend going, I've had a terrible day, you're thinking, how can it get any better than this? Right. <laughs> what can you do next? And they're thinking, am I doing it right? You know? doing it right. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, I think we have to explore, right? Where does that right, wrong, black and white should or should not come from? It's what I talked about earlier, is you've been trained from education, from your parents, from everyone, as well as your prefrontal cortex trying to protect you, right, from all of the, you know, dangers in the world, that that is how your brain is designed. Your brain is designed to look to have a negativity bias. Your brain is designed to have a confirmation bias. So like, let's talk about what is actually happening in your prefrontal cortex, right? When you're in your beta state, your inner critic is super loud. It is like, dangers, dangers, what's that? What's that? Oh my gosh. But, you know, being that you are not being chased by any tiger or anything like that, it's just running amok in your head. But what happens when you're able to get into what I refer to as the flow state or the play state, um, it goes, your brain goes from beta to flow, right? And what happens is your prefrontal cortex experiences something called transient hypnofrontinality, where part of your prefrontal cortex actually shuts down and your inner critic starts to dissipate for a certain period of time. And it actually starts to, this is, it distorts time. This is why you're like, what, what happened with all the time, right? The time just disappeared. <laughs> um, and then what happens is your implicit mind appears, you become highly creative, you get this shot of dopamine, and you become very curious. And instead of getting fixated on one result, which a lot of adults get fixated on, like, I want to go from A to B to C, like very fixated on one result, which is the worst for creativity, because expectations are the thief of joy. And when you have such fixed, fixed expectations, you can't see what's in front of you. But when you're in that hypnofrontinality state, that flow state, all of a sudden that shot of dopamine provides all this curiosity. And then you're just open to all the opportunities that are in front of you. There's so many different possibilities. And you've, you've felt this when you've traveled and you're just willing to say yes to everything. You're like, well, what do you want to do today? I don't know. There's so many things for us to do. It's the same thing with creativity. It's just like, what do I want to write? What do I want to make? What do I want to produce? You know, yes. how, well, who do I want to collaborate with? Who do I want to play with? Like when you're in that fun, creative, playful state, that is when you are truly being yourself. And that's truly when you can make an impact on the world. Here's another tip that I give a lot to a lot of, I actually have a lot of my clients actually do this, is when you're struggling about like, oh, well, who am I? Or what do I want to create next? Or I'm not sure. I'm just, I'm not just not sure what to do, right? I ask them to reach out to three, three to five of their friends or family members, whoever they're closest to. And they're going to ask them these two questions. Um, what value do I bring to your life? Like, why are we friends? Like, what do I do for you? Right? Like, what value do I bring? And what's great about that question is you get all this love back and you re you're reminded like, oh, I do that for you? I didn't even know I did that for you. So what value do I bring to your life? And then the second question I ask them is, when have you seen me most alive? Right? 
And you can change that question to be like, when have you seen me most creative? When have you seen me most present, most playful? However you want to ask that question. But when have you seen me most alive and what value do I bring to your life? And when you ask three to five different people, the answers you get are fascinating. There are all these ways in which you didn't even realize you do, you, do, you, you come, come you, you, uh, how you uh, show up in the world. And then you're like, wow, that is when I'm most creative. Oh, wow, that is what I bring to people. Oh, I, I should be doing more of that. And then once you hear that, as well as you get bored enough to follow your curiosity, now you have all these different tools and ideas to pursue something awesome. Yeah. that you didn't think you could have otherwise. Where do you typically struggle in your creative process? Sounds like you already have quite a lot of self-awareness around these stories. You tell yourself about why you shouldn't push your comfort zone or push your boundary a little bit. I, I still struggle. I mean, you know, like I think that's something also we have to be very careful about. It's like, oh, I once didn't know how to do it and now I know how to do it all the time, right? It ebbs and flows just like anything, you know? Let's have, again, it's so important to have compassion, you know, and empathy for ourselves and just be aware. Like, let me just be aware of my inner critic. Elizabeth Gilbert also talks about, um, I've never seen anyone go through personal transformation that hasn't got tired of their own BS, Right? And that's refreshing because I remember in March um, when we first got locked down here in in the U.S., um, I said I didn't have time to make videos. I don't have any time. There's never I'm going to be ever a time to make videos. It's just like, you know, and I was probably just scared. But as soon as that quarantine hit, it was just like, well, time to address your BS. Is that the thing that you've been lying about? And now I'm making a video like every day or every other day. It's not that hard. But for the longest time, I was lying to myself or trying to trick myself into not believing I could do it. And we have to ask ourselves, what creative thing do we want to make that we're both scared and excited about? And what BS have we been telling ourselves that have prevented us from pursuing it? And Mm. are we ready to let go of that? But let's just be aware and have a certain level of compassion for ourselves as we're, you know, as we're trying to figure this out, as we're trying to play and give attention to this part of us that we haven't given attention to in a really long time, Mm. right? And then, oh, what was your question? Oh yeah, so here's one of the things that I struggle with. When I consume, I don't create. When I consume too much, like there's like, when I watch a TikTok, it can inspire me. But if I watch 40 TikToks or I watch two hours of TikToks, I know for a fact that I'm not going to create as many because what I'll see out there is, oh, everyone's already made it. Oh, someone made the idea that I had and they made it better than me. So there's just no reason for me to make it, right? But they're always the response to it is, yeah, maybe someone has made it, right? There are no original ideas in the world. Fine. But the way in which you present it is different. The way in which you present it is drastically new. You know, no one's you. We need to just first be aware, and, I'm, and when I'm saying this, I'm giving this advice to myself, is like, be careful how much you're consuming. It's like, Jeff, you don't need to consume that much. Watch something, feel inspired, get off it, get bored. 
Because when I'm not bored and I'm constantly looking for information and constantly looking for connection via Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and then I binge watch Netflix, I won't make anything for a week because I'll be like, oh, oh, everyone's made everything and there's nothing for me. And then finally someone will create something that hasn't been made. I'll be like, oh, I... I thought of that. How come I didn't make that? And Elizabeth Gilbert talks about this again. I've just been loving Elizabeth Gilbert most recently, right? Um, But she talks about how genius visits you. No one's a genius, but genius visits you. And you have a choice. You either birth it or it moves on to somewhere else because that idea still needs to get out in the world. And she wrote E, Pray, Love. And while she was signing books at a lot of these, you know, book readings, people would come up and whisper in her ear, you stole my idea. And she's like, I don't know what to tell you. I just wrote the book. You know, I just birthed the idea. So anyone that is thinking when it's genius visits you and you're wondering like, oh, I don't know, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll wait to put it out or I don't know if I'm going to create it. Just know that idea needs to go somewhere. So if you don't create it soon, it's going to go to somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And then you shouldn't regret it. I you love know, this conversation. Oh, my God. It, it cracks me up because, yes, there is this whole, you stole my idea, right? We have um, this process of creativity where, how do I describe this? I think it's written in um, So Good. They Can't Ignore You by Cal Newport. He talks about the adjacent possible. So he says, you've got to get to the cutting edge of what's known and then you can peer into the adjacent possible next to the cutting edge and move into that space of never having been. And so when this happens, based on certain prerequisite technologies that have been invented, the battery got invented in four different countries within about six months in different right. parts of the year because people had got to the cutting edge and they'd seen the adjacent possible. And part of you thinks they stole my idea. I had that idea and I didn't do anything with it. So now what? But the other side of this story is the scarcity of creatives who say, oh, I can't share my idea. I can't do anything about this. I can't yep. ask for help because people will steal it. People yep. will take my idea and do it. And this like adjacent possible phenomenon is just more proof of why they should keep it hidden. What would you say to someone who was like, look, I, I, I'm in touch with my inner whisper. I've, I know what I should be doing, but I can't tell anyone. <laughs> I can't I do it. Would say, and I, I picked this up kind of, you know, I don't always like this guy, but Gary Vaynerchuk talks a lot about this. This is like ideas are a dime a dozen. You could get a room of a bunch of smart people and they could brainstorm a bunch of ideas of what's going to come up next and they'll probably be right. But it's not about the idea. It's about the execution of the idea. You know, Magic Cab. Do you Have you ever heard of Magic Cab? No, no one has. It was Uber before Uber. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't execute. They had the idea. They did it. They didn't execute it. Um, TiVo. A lot of people have TiVo here at one point in the U.S. Um, It was what, um, you know, now you can record all of your shows. TiVo was the first to do it. 
But again, they didn't execute on it. It's nothing to do with the idea. It has about, it's about the execution of it. Can you create it? Can you make it a reality? Can you make your book, your idea, your invention an actual reality? Because if you can't execute it on it, it doesn't really matter. And frankly, if you're going to hold on to that idea forever, it's going to die with you, right? Mm -hmm. Or someone else, guess what? Someone else is going to make it and they're going to make a crappier version of it. (laughs) And you're going to get pissed because you're going to be like, how come everyone's getting so much attention on this idea? Oh my gosh. Anyone could have come up with it. Yeah, you're right. Anyone did. But this person, this person was bold enough to actually put themselves out there, potentially get laughed at while they were doing it, but they did it. They committed to it. They didn't just talk about it. So much of what is so awesome about kids is they just do. So much of what's so frustrating about adults is we just talk. The more you can actually put your ideas out into the world and give them freely, you're going to come up with more ideas. Who cares if someone steals it? If they can't execute on it, it won't matter anyway. And if they do it and they do a better job with it, maybe that idea was not yours to begin with. Maybe you were fated to create something else. But don't hold on to it. You know, don't rob the world of who you are because you're worried that people might find out who you are. That just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's sort of, I'm hearing this coming back to this step of soothe yourself. Like just come down off that ledge, lower the stakes, allow yourself to be safe and calm, and then do it. Like from that state, don't do it from this position of, of anxiety and where it matters to like the outcome of the world. It really doesn't matter, but taking steps on it, taking some sort of action from that space of calm means it's a little bit more likely to become reality. So Jeff, I love you. You already know that I could talk to you forever. I feel like our interests of creativity and play overlap so well. And I love it. Thank you. Is there anything else that we maybe have missed that you want to add that you want to talk about? Can you let us know where we can find more about you and work with you and shake our kid-like perspective back into our worldview? Sure. So uh, my, if you want to see my ridiculous videos, Jeff Harry plays all the handles, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all that. Uh, Or you can simply go to my website, rediscoveryourplay.com. And when you go to my website, you click on the let's play button. And right there, there's all these different play experiments that you can do. And then you can also click on the button where then we can have a discussion where I can help you rediscover a part of you you haven't been tapping into in a while. And then you can start kicking ass in the world by just playing more. And I'll say this last thing, and if you don't mind me saying this thing that I always like to say, is um, do you remember Goodwill Hunting? Have you ever seen that movie with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon? Yeah, so at the end of the movie, you know, Matt Damon is this genius, right? And he's sitting at a construction site with Ben Affleck. And Ben Affleck's like, you know, are you going to take one of these like high paying jobs because you're a genius? And he's like, no. He's like, I'm going to do construction with you. And we're going to raise our kids at Foley Field, right? And Ben's like, if you're here in 20 years, I'm going to kill you. Like, I'm going to kill you if you're here in 20 years. 
And he's like, why? What? Because I owe it to myself. And he's like, no, you don't owe it to yourself. You owe it to me. And you owe it to everyone else at this construction site that would give anything to have what you have. You're sitting on a winning lottery ticket and you're too scared to cash that in. And that is what your listeners are sitting on. They're sitting on creative winning lottery tickets. And what are you going to do now? Because, because the reality is someone won't be able to show up until you create your thing. Someone won't be able to show up until you fully show up. So that is the impact. If you want to have an impact on this world, simply being you, as Howard Thurman says, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive because what the world needs is for more people to come alive. When you are fully alive and fully showing up, that is the ripple effect that you give. You give permission for others to also show up. So what are you going to do? Are you going to show up? Thank you for listening to the Creativity Reflections podcast. If you would like to invest in your creativity and magnify your voice and overcome some of those blocks that are keeping you stuck, check out my website, creativityreflector.com. Thank you.